Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Is this bringing back memories? Today, <laughs> in Liz Jones's house, we have Nicola wearing an old jumper. Hello! And in the diary room, which Liz refuses to call a diary room, <laughs> she's going to talk about reality TV. And it stars. And it stars. And it stars. It's funny, I was browsing the internet the other day for something else and I came across all these pictures of me going in the Big Brother house, coming out the Big Brother house. And it seems like it never happened, like it was a nightmare or a dream and I can't actually believe I did it because I'm the least likely person to do reality TV in the entire universe. But we were, I watched you with the puppies every night. And we voted for you and everything. Yeah, but I wanted to leave. No, but we wanted you to stay. My agent said when I went in, if you're really quiet and don't say anything, then you'll be out by the weekend. It didn't work like that, did it? No. But the thing is, is what you did, which was so funny, is you didn't say much, but you just kept doing your face. Like you'd sit there and someone would be talking and you'd sit there and you'd just stare at them and then you would roll your eyes I can't stand stupidity, sir. No, but it showed in every single pore of your skin that you just couldn't stand them. It was absolutely hilarious. You looked so bored of them. And you just kept rolling your eyes. But also, because I, I didn't have hearing aids then, I had no idea what anyone was saying. That may have been a blessing. So we're going to talk about reality TV on this week's podcast, aren't we, Nicola? We are. Because we both watched a documentary on ITV about Stephen Bear and revenge porn, and he is now in prison. And it made me laugh that he turned up at Chelmsford Crown Court in a Rolls Royce. Looking I mean, like what a gangster. An idiot. Chelmsford. Chelmsford. If you're going to be a big player, don't live in Chelmsford. But I'm sorry, he was like the Chelmsford Mafia, wasn't he? With his, like, fake fur fur coat and his glasses and his his stick, his walking stick thing with a gold snake. How you would want to disassociate with him in every possible way, wouldn't you? But you know he was on Celebs Go Dating? Yeah. Why did they even entertain him? And he was awful on that. He was very rude to people. He just walked out. He just left them at the table. He was awful. His whole attitude, I mean, watching that documentary, his whole attitude was he just couldn't give a stuff, could he? He was rude to the barristers in court. He wouldn't take any responsibility. He was just Awful, absolutely awful. But the young woman who, she was on Love Island, she was on TOWIE, 
Georgia. He suddenly bought a house opposite her and she went round and had sex with him. And without her permission, he filmed them having sex. And then he sold the video on OnlyFans for people to look at it. He didn't really have a defence, did he? There was no defence. There was, there was nothing. I think it was on Instagram as well. And it was, it's, it's shocking, absolutely true. He said it was caught on CCTV in the garden. Yeah, but um, he shared and it. And it wasn't on purpose. But the, the act of sharing it is clearly... a. a, a a decision, isn't it? Have you ever had sex outside, Nicola? My mum listens to this. I'm not answering that. I've had sex in Battersea Park. Battersea Park? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Victoria Park. What is it? But, but no one parks? filmed it, luckily. But poor Georgia, and well done her for sticking up for herself, and she had sort of years of anxiety that she'd lose the case. It destroyed all her earning potential. Yeah, the brands didn't want her, did they? She had to move back in with her mum. And I just think, well done her for sticking up for herself. Well, I think what was great about her was, I mean, there was no point in being anonymous with it anyway. Let's face it, it was all over the internet. Everyone knew about it. Yeah, and then he tried to say it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was someone else. Yeah, because you don't know your own backside and you don't remember the, the whole incident. But no one looks great having sex, do they? No, and, and it's it's a decision, isn't it? If you, if you work in the porn industry and you put yourself out there having sex or you choose to go on websites where you share your sex life, that is your decision. That is your choice. It's not somebody else's choice. That is not okay. And it really sort of made me think how this has become the normal. This has become really sort of quite normal now that that guys will ask you to do sexy videos and sexy pictures and you send them over. And a lot of these girls have never even met these guys. They start chatting online. The guys, you know, sort of I know certainly when I was talking to people online, you know, not anything in a dating sense, but they would soon get round to asking for like dirty videos and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even, I've never even met you. Like, bugger off. But I'm sort of an older woman that's quite capable of saying bugger off. But if you're a teenager and you really like this guy, you know, you're young and impressionable and they're very pushy, once you send that, once you put that image out there, you have no control over it. And all the being, you know, idealistic about it is... You can sometimes have control because my last boyfriend took a picture of me and he would make very sort of sly comments like, oh, I wonder what the sun would make of this. Oh, very funny, yeah. So I just deleted it and erased his phone and everything. But you can't trust anyone. You can't. And I think, you know, that's the thing. And especially if, I mean, there's a consensual element if you choose to send your boyfriend or or whoever. Yeah, but she didn't consent to him. She didn't consent to him. And there's also the other side of things where, you know, people are putting cameras in the room. You don't know they're there. And I was watching, it was it was actually last year this was, was filmed. It was Panorama and it was August 22. And they were talking about sort of revenge porn and stolen sexual images. And even on sites like Reddit, which is a, a standard social media site, you know, it's not the dark web, it's not anything dodgy, got pictures of girls without their consent, naked, having sex, but they publish things for a fee. It's become a business for a fee. They can get their social media handles. They can get their addresses, their telephone numbers. It's become a real business. And these poor girls don't even know they're on the internet. 
And, you know, one girl was sharing her story about how she sort of really considered suicide because it was all sort of out there. Her family disowned her. It's, it's not just an image on the internet. This is your life. And, and Georgia portrayed that really well. She was really open about how it affected her. But it kind of made me think, Nick, in that I write about my life and I write about relationships and I wrote about my wedding night my husband was nowhere to be found and I've written about David and so in a way I am doing what Stephen Bear did and telling people intimate details about my partners that they don't necessarily want people to know but that is what writers do that's what Hannah Qureshi is that did you know he wrote about divorce that's what writers do but it's just a more extreme version of writing isn't it yeah there's a line isn't there I mean Obviously, there are things that you've written that probably your partners don't want out no. there. Probably, not. they kind of know that you do that. I mean, I think anyone that went I'm on a very date clear. Even when I started going out with my husband when he was twenty six, and I had a column, I was very clear. You do know I have a column about my personal life, and if you go out with me, you will be in it, and yeah. you may not like it. Yeah. So I don't do it secretively. You don't do it secretively. And I think... But it is a it is a conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think there's, there's a line as well. I mean, everything, you know, you start off at zero, don't you? And you work up a scale. And obviously you're... I would say you're quite high up the scale because, you know, you have sex with someone. You don't necessarily want the full details out. I probably wouldn't like it. But then I wouldn't have sex with you knowing there's a possibility you might do that. And also you're not a lesbian. I'm not a lesbian and you're not my type. So... For all those reasons, well, because I'm not a lesbian. That's a bit harsh. No, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, because I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) That's what I meant. But for all those reasons, I would not, you know, I know you're a writer. If I was a guy, I would think, I'm going to think twice about this because actually I'm not open to that that sort of exposure. But she had no idea about this. It was done behind her back. And... Unfortunately, it's not just if you're a celebrity that happens. This happens to girls that aren't in the public, you know, that aren't in the limelight. George, she gets a little bit of sort of snooty reaction in the media, like people in the chattering classes haven't really stuck up for her or it didn't really make the papers in such a huge way because she's a reality TV star. And it's as if, because you're an influencer and because you're on reality TV... You are deemed by the very snooty yeah, yeah. middle-class media who all went to Oxbridge because their parents are rich, not because they're clever, as being less. Yeah, and it's shocking. You know, it's And shocking. having done reality TV, it, I know that it's not easy. It's terrifying. You don't get much money. You're only doing it because you're terrified of bailiffs and tax people and... It's not an easy option. No. Yeah. It looks easy, but it's incredibly difficult and hard. So we shouldn't be so snooty about young women like her because she's just showing she's got balls of steel. I think we're going to have a new section in the podcast, Nicola. A new, new section? It's argument of the day. Da, da, da. Oh, okay. I've had two arguments today. Go on, mate. Well, yeah, because I haven't had any arguments today. I've had two arguments today. 
The first argument was I had my phone wouldn't charge. So I ordered a new phone, which I need for work, yeah. obviously, and emergencies. And then I got an email from EE saying, you can trade in your own old iPhone. It will save you £16 a month. You just need to do this. So I replied, yes. And I did it. And then did that. And I just went round in circles because obviously I was talking to a computer. God, I hate that. I hate that. And then I finally got through to a person today and they said, but your offer expired yesterday. I said, but I tried to do it yesterday, but you just sent me around in a circle. And I said, and anyway, this was your idea. This was your idea that I do this. And and you're saying, I'm sorry she's so irate, but she's hard of hearing. So I said <laughs> so I said to the man at EE, Thank your lucky stars you're not married to me. And and the poor man, didn't he still went, that's all right. <laughs> he didn't know what to say to that. And my first argument today was with a spa. Spa? With a spa. Right. So I tried to book my treatments, and I've had treatments ever since I first went to London in 1977. I know how long a, a toe wax takes. I know how long a knee wax takes. And I've been going to this five-star hotel for very many years, and I kept getting an email back from them saying, well... No, but I have to book you in for this non because the computer only allowed... So it's going to take half an hour to do your toes and then it's going to take another 30 minutes to do your underarms. So you can't have a pedicure with water. You just have to have a trim and a... No, 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 that isn't a pedicure. If I don't get wet, that's not a pedicure, is it? It's not a pedicure. It, no, it is. It? Is it? See, I'm rubbing off and then, said, look. and then she said, we're going to call you... If within 24 hours and to take prepayment for the, all of the treatments. And if you don't answer, your appointment will be cancelled. <gasps> so I replied, I'm feeling relaxed already. <laughs> and then they emailed me again this morning saying, oh, well, you can't come at five because we won't get it done because the therapy goes home at seven. Well, why does she go home at seven? What happens? Is she oh sin- she's gosh. gonna she's Cinderella or what? What happens? And if you don't do a prepayment now, we're going to cancel your appointment. So I said, get the manager to phone me. So the manager phoned me, and I said, I don't want to go to a five star hotel, and you're treating me like a criminal, and I have to turn up at this time. I said, the whole point of you is to make me feel relaxed. I'm the client. And I am not relaxed. I'm not relaxed. No. So they gave in and they said, no, come at five, and it will take as long as it takes, and we won't take a prepayment. But only because I'm famous, you yeah. see. Not as famous as Stephen Bear. No. But. What if I'm a 90-year-old and I've saved all year or my daughter's given me a present and I'm going to go to this beautiful five-star hotel and I'm going to have a pedicure and they're bullying me. Don't bully me when I'm supposed to be relaxed. So if you haven't had any arguments, what have you been up to? No, I have to say, now, I we come on here, didn't we? Last week I was moaning about eBay and about people on eBay. And 99% of the time... They kept that in, did they? (laughs) They did. 90% of the time we talk about people, we're moaning about them, aren't we? Quite rightly. But today I want to say I have started getting my dog food from a a company called Butternut, which is doing a big advertising thing at the moment. 
And I have got to say, they are superb. Do you Their get a discount? No, no, this isn't. I pay full whack. Nothing to do. I've not called in my privileges. Nothing like that. But they are absolutely bloody fantastic. The food is, is human quality. They do vegan and vegetarian options. And even when the payment failed two days ago, unlike your spa, my payment failed two days ago. They still sent it. They still sent it. Now, you see, Waitrose, if your payment fails, they don't send it. Riverford, if your payment fails, they still send it. Yeah. No, they still sent it and they just sent a text saying, just to let you know the payment hasn't gone through, but don't worry, your order's still on its way. And I thought... That's bloody cracking. But what I was really impressed with, the customer service is second to none. They're absolutely brilliant. I got a courtesy call and this this lovely lady phoned up and she said to me, how's Boris? How's Rosie? Boris looks so sweet in that picture that you put on his profile of him in the flower pot. And if you're on my Twitter, you've seen the flower pot picture. And then she proceeded to make that fatal mistake where she says, like, so how's Boris? What's he been up to today? And it's like the river's flood, isn't it? The poor woman was trapped. And I actually was, I had her trapped for nearly an hour telling her all about Boris. During work time. It's all right. I was on my earphones. I was still moving. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you're concentrating. I was still moving. I was still moving. This poor woman. This is how good, right, these customer service people are. She pretended to be interested in Boris for an hour. Do you want to hear this column? I do. You don't want me to tell you for the next hour all about Boris and how wonderful he is? No, Poor girl. Honestly, she was magnificent. So what have you been up to? Well, the heading, very good illustration actually, the heading in which I reluctantly arrange a date... Have you got a new illustrator? Because the last few have been absolutely... No, it's, it's quite new. I had a, I, I went and had dinner at a pharmacy with my old illustrator who had illustrated me for 20 years. There's not many people that illustrated for 20 years, not even Gwyneth Paltrow. No. no. Does someone draw Gwyneth Paltrow every week? No. 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 Do they? No. No, they do not. So I went and had dinner with her and she said... I'd never met her before. She lives in California and I'd never spoken to her before and she illustrated me for 20 years and I bought her dinner in pharmacy and she said that when she drew the men in my life, three and a half, she never showed their face. So if you looked back through my archive, which you can if Nicola was up to speed on the website, you never see the man's face. Yeah, but she wouldn't, would she? Because she didn't know their faces. No, but she wanted them to remain an enigma. Well, un- unlike your detailed columns. <laughs> <laughs> so, white Ferrari guy, who tells a woman what car they drive? Seriously, who tells a woman what and car what they drive? And even what colour it was, you've got details. It's white. Well, I mean, the minute Gracie gets in it, it won't be white. Well, it won't even be a Ferrari. No. It'll just be a chewed mess. No, no. Has he, has he read your column much? Does he know about Gracie? Anyway, white Ferrari guy <laughs> WhatsApp me. I didn't give him the satisfaction of two blue ticks for 14 episodes of Love Island. When I finally did read his text, he had messaged me not to say well 
old people don't matter, children can go take a running jump, teachers are lazy, funerals, who gives the monkeys, the person is dead already, or I don't have a maths O-level, but let me destroy the business you built from the ground up with huge personal sacrifice, or let's scare the pants off people, or even I look great. So the man pursuing me is not Matt Hancock. No. Hallelujah. He wrote, Hi Liz, your columns make compelling reading, but I guess that's the idea. Duh. Oh dear. Oh dear. It's very formal, isn't it? You endure huge amounts of stress and life sounds tough. I'm house hunting at the moment. My tenancy runs out soon, so the race is on. I think it's time we got together for dinner. Unless, of course, you've grown accustomed to inferior men and you feel more comfortable in their company. Maybe I can make you smile. Over to you, David Too. Very confident, isn't he? Oh, dear God, he's renting. I had manifested a billionaire. I replied, well, you are brave. I just think meeting someone you don't know for dinner is too long a commitment. It's two hours out of my life to find out you order octopus, you've never read Jane Eyre, and you've never seen an English patient, a bit like you. I have now, though. I have, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's wonderful. I think a drink is best. You see? Boundaries. Well, it may just be that my hair has a two-inch stripe of grey and my pedicure's grown out. Also, I'm currently growing my lashes with Augustinus Bader serum, but like my tulips, they've yet to sprout. Oh, he's read my message, two blue ticks. He replies, you made me smile. Oh, I hate it when people say that. Do you hate it when people say that? I don't know if anyone's ever said that to me, actually. David one always said that. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. Maybe I don't make people smile. Maybe I'm not funny. Anyway, he continues... I don't like calamari. Is calamari even octopus? Yes. Is it? Yes. I thought it was squid. What's the difference? <laughs> Between squid and octopus. And I'm not keen on red meat. I've not read Jane Eyre. But I can't somehow see you playing badminton with me either. Well, there isn't really a corollary or whatever between badminton and Jane Eyre, is there? One is a stupid evening sport in a sports hall. One is one of the greatest pieces of art ever produced. But if you do decide to do badminton with White Ferrari Guy, please let me do it so I can open a TikTok channel and make some money out I'm of it. I'm not going to play badminton. <laughs> it's stupid. I think that's our TikTok channel. <laughs> he continues... I can't recall a dinner date lasting less than four hours. What on earth is he eating? So I guess I can live with a couple of hours with you. I'm sure you are worth it. I'm away in Vegas seeing Adele. Thought you were going to Australia. I think he's got the wrong end of the stick. I was talking about not wasting my time, not his. Can I be bothered? I reply, okay, well, when and where? I can't go to Sydney until after the press awards. You see? Just a subtle... Putting him in his place, subtle, subtle. Well, it sounds like he's trying to put you in your place a few times. And then I said Adele was a rude cow to me. (laughs) He replies, if you know a good, convenient for you restaurant, let me know and I'll book a table. So, I'm the man again. Why am I always the man? 
Why can't they book somewhere? Oh, absolutely. Just tell them where to go. I type. Okay, Middleton Lodge. He Googles it. You've got good taste. I know, thank you. I'm sitting on an Eames chair. Thank you. He's, 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 pushing, he's pushing barriers here, isn't he? Me. I was barred from Middleton Lodge, but I think the manager died. <laughs> you didn't curse him, did you? <laughs> See, Gracie did a runny poo and I picked I it remember. up with a linen napkin. I remember. I'm so glad I wasn't there for that one. So glad. Him. We can start the conversation with why you were barred. Not over dinner, I hope. Not while eating. A boyfriend with a Ferrari. Now that will be a first. Did you like that column? I did like that column. He's very. He's, he's, he's definitely trying to put you in order, isn't he? He's definitely. But it's of... not possible. No, I, it's I, not possible. I think this is. It's I think possible. this is a TikTok channel. I do. I think this is a way of me making money. You can read this week's diary in full in Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Do you want to go to the archive? Da, da, da. So when I came out of the Big Brother house, I discovered I'd been sacked by somebody and then the Mail on Sunday said, well, can you write a piece about being in the Big Brother house? And I remember my agent came to my flat and said to me, you've got to make this really good, this piece. You've got to make this really good, this piece, because you've just been sacked. You've just lost £9,000 a month. You need to make this really good, this piece. I'm like, I do that every week. Yes. I do it every week. He's not making himself popular, is he? I do it every single time. I'm not lazy. I don't write about loading my dishwasher. Yes. Are you trying to say that my normal articles are rubbish? So the intro, or the A matters, we used to call it at the Sunday Times in Grays Inn Road, inane, vain, and terminally moronic. That wasn't about me. That's quite a mouthful. The pathetic reality of life in CBB House revealed as Liz Jones, me, delivers a deliciously barbed verdict on her toughest assignment yet. Was it your toughest assignment? Well, it was quite hard, actually. It was hard. It was hard. Was it your toughest? I had to buy a pair of sunglasses from the row in case I was recognised going in. And sunglasses are going to stop you being recognised. But they told me before <laughs> I went in to buy sunglasses, and That's I hilarious. obviously went to Feathers in Knightsbridge and bought sunglasses by the row, you know, the old Sun You should have had like a baseball cap. I don't wear baseball caps. I don't agree with baseball caps. But if you caps. don't want to be recognised, get a nice pair of tracksuit bottoms, a nice hoodie and a baseball cap and you'd be fine. Anyway, this is my piece <laughs> from January 2014. It was not my best year. I got sacked, Lizzie, my horse died, and my mum died. Yeah, it was not a good All year. in the same year. No. I don't do nude. That's good. That's good to know. Earlier in the day, I'd watched a ghost, a Sam, a 23-year-old reality TV star, in inverted commas, took a long soapy shower in her bikini, leaving the glass door propped wide for all the world, or at least up to four million viewers, to see Sam Fayers, who I did not know until January the 3rd, the day I staggered into the Celebrity Big Brother house, appears on ITV2's The Only Way is Essex. 
a program on which she apparently broke off her engagement to a young man who has day-glow teeth and who was unable to tell the time. Not for the first moment in my two and a half weeks in the house did I wonder what on earth I was doing, allowing myself to be surrounded by mirrors, cameras and microphones, when I cannot bear my own image and I cannot bear the sound of my voice. I was also surrounded by celebrities so stupid that when I said to housemate Lee Ryan, a boy band member from Blue, is lovely, that I couldn't open the loo door with my bare hands because of a germ phobia, he said, oh, you have an ATM. Oh, that's endearing. I corrected him saying, no, I have an OCD. (laughs) And he retorted with that old celebrity rejoinder, high-fiving me all the while, saying, yeah, well, babe, I'm dyslexic. You see, you say that. I'm dyslexic. I decided to enter the house because I needed the rest, because some easy money wouldn't go amiss. I was being chased by HMRC. I never saw a penny of my money from Big Brother. I got 250000 I never saw a penny. And because I felt that simply ignoring reality TV, now it's reached saturation point, would make me not only arrogant, but hopefully out of touch with the secretaries, supermarket till operatives and hair salon creatives for whom shows such as Made in Chelsea are a distraction from their own lives. Above all, though, I felt I should do it because in the past 14 years, I've written about reality journalism. A camera might have not have been zooming in on my orange peel thighs, but my pen has speared my depression, my shyness, my loved ones. You name it, I've exposed it via a metaphorical open shower door. I've made my living too, over 40 years, eviscerating stars, especially the type who never went to RADA, delivering my verdict after spending a mere hour with them, or even never having met them. I've never met Megan, you see, but I do actually quite like Megan. And you are Megan. I am Megan. So, two days before entering the house, I was picked up by a people carrier and carted off to Elstree. I'd been given a code name, Lettuce. <laughs> so news of my confinement in the house wouldn't leak. I was told to wear a beanie and dark glasses so that when I arrived at the ghastly budget hotel, the sort of place that dispenses foam from an appliance nailed to the wall, I wouldn't be rumbled. My phone, laptop and book were wrestled from my sweaty palms, and after corridors and lifts were swept by young women whispering into walkie-talkies for all the world like CIA operatives, I was shut in a room for two days with a young man, I've forgotten him, who is to be my chaperone. He's an aspiring actor called Johnny. There's no minibar, no TV, no landline, no escape. I was absolutely dreading 9pm on launch night. They had to give me a glass of wine. I remember when you had your phone taken away and I got the last phone call. (laughs) My only comforting thought that at least I'm deaf, I wouldn't be able to hear the booze. As the hour approached, I was blindfolded, giant headphones placed over my ears, so that when I was steered into a waiting line of limos, I would not glimpse the other 11 famous people heading inside. I never knew who they were anyway. (laughs) They shouldn't have worried. When I emerged onto the CBB red carpet through that giant Orwellian eye to be told I would be handcuffed to a young man so small he could have been a charm on a bracelet, Wearing trousers so low-slung, he resembled a toddler with a filled nappy. I had no idea he was a pop star called Dappy. (laughs) I had no idea who he was. (laughs) 
worse was to follow. As I stood with Dappy, Nappy, as I called him, at the bottom of those famous stairs, he was forced to become my human Google. So as other celebrities arrived, I'd say to Dappy, pop star or footballer, pop star or footballer, pop star or footballer! It was going to be a very long three weeks. At first, my housemates didn't disappoint. There was an American actress slash model called Jasmine who immediately got drunk. No night went by without cheap alcohol. She missed parking her bony ass on a gilt chair and crashed to the floor. She cut her leg. When she was given a plaster in the diary room, she stuck it randomly above the wound. Oh, bless her. There was a pneumatic young woman from Essex who, on a long wet afternoon, when asked to aim an English city, would say hopefully, Cornwall? Bless her. There was a Nolan sister, light entertainment legend Lionel Blair... I saw his toothbrush in the communal bathroom. You could tell a lot about a person by how clean they're... I, my toothbrush Ooh, goes in the dishwasher. Do not have a dirty toothbrush, Lionel. I know he's dead. Four times heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield, who never lost his look of bewilderment, never once changed his sheets or towel, and had never seen the show, so he thought he'd go to Bond Street every day, and comedian Jim Davidson. So Evander Holyfield thought he could go shopping, and they were like, no, no, you can't go to Bond Street, you can't go to Tiffany, Evander, no, Did no. Did you not see the programme? No, you've never seen it. <laughs> Nobody liked me. I told each one that I'm profoundly deaf, but ironically, they didn't hear me as they only wanted to talk about themselves. Ollie, who was very deeply tanned and made his name in Made in Chelsea, became so brown over the next few days, he reminded me of Peter Sellers playing an Indian character in The Party, a film I doubt he's seen or heard of. When forced to express an opinion by Big Brother, who would boom at us at all hours of the day and night, Ollie was so traumatised at the possibility of not being liked. A tear snaked down his face, leaving a white snail's trail. There's nowhere to hide, is there, in this, in this article? Nowhere to hide. I became more and more alienated, bored with the inane chatter. Even the so-called other intelligent women... Gracie, what are you doing? Even the so-called other intelligent woman, apprentice runner-up Louisa Zisman who never failed to tell us about her three businesses and the fact her new man bought her a Birkin bag for Christmas was as hyperactive as a bee in a jam jar and kept asking me if I'd ever had a threesome. I said, I'm lucky if I ever get a twosome. <laughs> At the dining table, after yet another meal, these people could eat for England, they were all talking about the perils of fame, having to pose in other people's selfies in the street. And so I butted in nervously... I get no benefit from being well-known at all. That's because you're not famous, said Jim. Oh, God. Prompting me to wail in the diary room. I have millions of readers. Sometimes it was horrendous being woken at 3am by bright lights and klaxons, stupid tasks and costume. The food deprivation as being confined in a space pod with Lee from Blue, followed by two days of inedible slop, meant I went for four days without even a cup of coffee. <gasps> but 
confined with Lee. Yes, please. He was really sweet, actually. And yes, he was, please. We were comparing Tomlin orders from the official receiver, and although he toured all over the world, he didn't have any money. And the official receiver saw Daffy on television and turned up to get money out of him. No. Yeah. God, blimey. Poor Daffy. Linda Nolan... Despite a number three hit record, millions of sales and eight years on stage in Blood Brothers have been surviving on benefits. She's battled with breast cancer in the past year has lost her sister's husband and mother. Lee sold millions of records, told me one afternoon in the garden he doesn't even own a flat and any change from his CBB fee, which I think was less than mine, after buying his mum a new Citroen, would go towards the deposit. He bought his mum a car. Oh, see, he's sweet. Oh. Lee from Blue was asking Jim Davidson for financial advice. Oh, dear. Given Jim told us he had owned seven houses but lost them all to the taxman or to one of his four ex-wives, he'd been booked on to CBB the, the year before but had been arrested at the airport by the same squad investigating Jimmy Savile. No charges were brought, but he lost a year's worth of earnings. Sam Fayer told me she earns £50 a day for appearing on The Only Ways Essex. £50 a day? Yes. That's horrific. This is award-winning, this place. That's exploitation. That's horrendous. Sam only wears her famous false eyelashes because she suffers from chicotillomania, a compulsion to pull out her own real hair. Dappy, who was covered in so many tattoos, I was driven to reading them all one evening, I was so bored. (laughs) And who in general knowledge tests scored only 6%, which embarrassed him hugely, proved himself a gentleman when for the third night in a row I sat in the bedroom toilet, vomiting from the stress. He held my hair back from my face and rubbed my back, cooing all the while. I think he was rapping. Did he sing to you? It was glamour model Casey, who was the most surprising of all, telling me she'd never once achieved orgasm with a man and that she'd been bullied at school because she had big breaths and she never had any female friends. And there was me thinking if only I were perfect, I would have sailed through life being adored. Yeah, yeah, there was a love triangle between Lee from Blue, Casey and the American Jasmine who went out with Chandler from Friends. I don't believe anyone had sex in the house. They merely kissed each other. Jasmine is the woman who, when I nominated her for being too beautiful, rounded on me in tears to say that I should have not said I wanted to kill myself as her father had committed suicide when she was a child and that being prejudiced against beauty is tantamount to racism. Oh, dear. There were the arguments daily between Jim and Linda... I couldn't hear any of them because I couldn't hear anything. In one of my tasks, to write a news story about my time in the house and read it out to my housemates. I did, in fact, get to the bottom of what happened decades before in Frank Carson's dressing room, a small dark place that now has its own Twitter account. But I told Big Brother I would not be revealing it as I was not about to upset a woman who was still grieving who was driven to self-harm in the toilet due to her distress. Nor would I reveal the housemate who became so upset one night at how he thought he was being manipulated by the show he took sleeping tablets mixed with alcohol. I also said I wouldn't reveal the housemates were all desperate in their own way. Much has been made of the fact 
boards with the script were held up by production staff after a Towie versus Chelsea skit. Anyway, in the house, forced by gangs to interact, I gradually became bolder. When Evander Holyfield, heavyweight champion of the world, was recounting how he fell off a horse, which he then punched, I turned on him, telling him that, given his profession, he should have learned some self-control. This confrontation, when I said I would stab anyone who'd punch one of my horses, was shown 15 minutes before his surprise eviction. I felt like Henry Cooper felling a giant. And felt he I stood up to Evander Holyfield. Damn right. Damn right. As eviction night came round, I was terrified at the prospect of having to face the world, but equally scared were I made to face yet another day of monotony interspersed with fear. And there I was on the phone, pressing redial, voting you in. One very dark day, I sat in the diary room and I said, Big Brother, everyone hates me, I'm just a blob. And the voice said, Liz, you're not a blob. It was strangely comforting to have someone on my side. When I finally left the house, I was always nominated because the others knew of my extreme homesickness and they would wink at me conspiratorially because they knew I missed my puppies. My newfound friend stood at the bottom of the stairs, making my trademark hand gesture, gesturing my much-missed puppies. I found to my surprise I really missed them, a group of people who were simply trying to make their way in the world. When I got out, I learned from the audience, from Emma Willis from the producer, from my boyfriend, and later from men and women who would stop me on the street, that my scene in the bathtub was genius. It was comedy gold. It was the funniest, most tweeted moment so far and must be one of the most watched scenes on Big Brother in the history of the show. Me, in a bath. I was in a swimming costume. Near the end of my confinement, Louisa... She of the hair extensions and insane levels of schutzpah was given a secret task to make me laugh. Unbeknown to her, I've been told I must not giggle and I must not laugh. So I dug up my poor dead cat, Squeaky. I said my mum will probably die while I'm in here. She died a few months later. That my boyfriend will dump me having seen me in harsh lighting and that my old lady bottom resembles a molten Viennetta. And that the only plus point living among all these beautiful young women, has been that what's-the-name has developed a boil. <laughs> Somebody got a boil on the programme. But the funniest thing was, was Ryland just kept playing this scene right. every but night. But Ryland was so sweet when I came out and I had to do all the shows about the show and he knew I was definitely going, Liz! Liz! He like, knew I was definitely shouted at me. But he literally just kept getting that clip played because he loved it so much. But the, so cha- the show changed me. I know now why these celebrities give up their privacy. And we've talked about revenge porn at the beginning. Yeah. They rarely see their families when they're on tour. The thought I might have cheered someone up on a cold, dark night because of my rant in a bathtub is a really nice one. I think I'll be kinder now I'm out. At a post-eviction shoot the next day... The photographer was saying that Jasmine, when she left the house, was bloody awful. She said she slipped a disc, but she was in six-inch heels, and that Casey, given her breasts are real, is over now they've dropped. Isn't that mean? That's really mean. I hope Casey, only 29, finds the upshot of ageing will be a man who wants to please her, not just help himself. In Boots just now, in Clerkenwell, 
I've just come out of the house. Women are shopping in their lunch shell and they come up to me, thrilled to see me. We talked about you in the office every day. We were rooting for you. We love you. Even my ex-husband emailed me to say you were a model of grace. That was before he said you was racist. And yeah, he said you were a model of grace. So, yeah. That's why people want to be famous. That's why they do shows like this one. Love, entertainment, cheering up a woman in boots. It's as simple as that. Award winning. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Come on, quick letters. Right, so we have this week, we have Sheila, who says, Liz and Nick, I want to know what you would say from your burning house. Your animals are safe, so what is it you grab as you run? My computer. I knew it would be your computer. I knew it would be. Well, how else do I earn a living? I knew it would be your computer. Okay, so your animals are safe and your computer's safe. My postcard from David in 1983 from Portugal which at the time I thought was really sweet that he bothered to email me in July 1983. No, he didn't email because email didn't exist. He posted a postcard from Portugal in 1983 and I'll see you at the party, love David. And I showed him this photograph when we reconnected 40 years later. And I said, isn't it sweet you sent me a picture from Portugal and you sent me a postcard and you were going to come to my party and he said yeah on the front is a picture of a massive cock he sent me a picture of a massive cock and I just thought he was sweet oh dear so naive so naive so naive you needed me as a mate in them days like to just put you right you did you needed me as a mate we've also got Maxine who says ladies I love you both Aladdin has granted you three wishes each. What are they? And I'm betting I can guess a couple of them. What has Maxine guessed? She hasn't said what she's guessed. That's for us to, that's for us to guess do what she's guessed. Do yours first and then we'll do mine and then we'll finish. Okay, mine is for... Tom Cruise. No, for all animal experimentation to end, to be a multi-millionaire and for Magic Mike to want me really bad. What are my three wishes? Um, Maybe I should have put the magic mic one first. I wish I could go back to 2007 and not make all my mistakes in a time thing. Yeah. That Lizzie hadn't died and Morton Harkett. <laughs> Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.